This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home. And that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me. And I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. They have fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment, and they have premium food options and beverages like herbal teas, cold brew, sparkling wine, and more. All of the comforts that you'll find at home, you can find in a flight experience that feels made just for you. You may not be home yet, but Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit more like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. Hopefully this is the last time you'll hear this ad. With Chime checking account features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts or at least grab an extra latte. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. That's chime.com slash goals 24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up. Presented by Anchored Media, an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. hope you guys enjoyed part one of the six-figure setup, my interview with Tiffany Gillespie. Don't forget the full episode is available on my YouTube channel in video at Tatum Tamia. I will include the link directly to the video, so you ain't got to go searching too far on YouTube for it. I'll include the link that sent you straight to the video in the show description. But don't forget, you guys, to subscribe to my YouTube channel so that you get notified when I'm going live. Just a quick heads up. Today is Sunday. I don't schedule the lives at a consistent time just yet because I record the podcast <laughs> different times every week. But um, just a heads up, this week I'm going to be recording multiple episodes live. So make sure again that you're subscribed to my YouTube channel. So that way, once I go live, you get the notification and you can join me and see the behind the scenes of recording the episode. You can ask me questions in real time, all of the things. So again, my name is Tatum Tamia on YouTube. I will link the uh, link to this particular episode's video. And of course, you can just click on my channel and subscribe there. Without further ado, here's part two of the six figure setup with my girl, Tiffany Gillespie. We should discuss more is just finding joy and finally getting the things that, that you once prayed and cried over. 
Yeah, man, listen, you ain't gonna make me cry this episode. Like, I think I was crying half the daggone last episode that we did. Um, but oh, that just hit me. You know, I had to get my little tissue, block my little eyes, so I mess my makeup up. Um, and the reason why that hit me is because that is the poverty mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, and with my close friends, I have been very transparent about my struggle with that mindset. Um, and I haven't even shared this with my own community yet. I'm sharing it with the blessed and bossed up community first, but one of the reasons, (laughs) (laughs) um, so in December of 2020 for Christmas, um, I went and bought myself a new car and it was a, a 2020, um, so current model year, uh, anybody that follows me on social media, you see my baby, her name is freedom. Um, and you seen her, she there. Um, but the reason why I named, and I'm trying not to get emotional. The reason why I named my car freedom was because with that decision, I was free from the poverty mindset and it has been, you know, sometimes it's not a daily struggle anymore. And I thank God for that. It's not even a weekly struggle anymore. And I really thank God for that. Um, but it is more of a, um, sometimes monthly, uh, if I can be honest, I had a little moment back over the summer, um, when I was in the process of, of moving and transitioning and my move was not, um, easy. And, uh, you know, again, I'll share that story one day as well. Um, but I had, I had that moment where I was like, man, what if I don't have enough? And one of the things, um, and I always laugh at myself when I think about this is I've always had enough though, which is why the poverty mindset is such crap. Cause I've always had enough. Like I never been without a roof over my head, my own roof. I never had to move back home, you know, to my parents' house. And again, I, I'm a fan of moving home and staying home as long as you can. I want to be very clear about that. Um, but I never had to because I couldn't afford to live on my own. You know, the challenges. I remember when I, you know, was renting, um, getting the eviction notice. I've been there with my mortgage, the, the house, you know, and I actually just sold my house, but with, with my mortgage, I remember getting the foreclosure notices in the same year that I bought the house. Like this wasn't no years later. It was the same year. Um, so I remember, you know, all of those things and, you know, being afraid and like not being, being afraid of not having enough. And yet I've always had more than enough. I've mm-hmm. never like my car. I ain't never been afraid. Uh, I've, I've actually been afraid of it getting repossessed, but I've never got like a repossession notice or you know any of those things that we just like hype up in our head around like money and poverty and all of those things and you know the poverty mindset can go two ways it's being um so uh frugal and I think the term is spendthrift it's being so tight with your money because you're not a you're afraid of not having more, but it's also being so loose with your money and careless because you're like, oh, it's always going to come. Like, no, I don't have that mindset. But me purchasing that car, a current model year, um, you know, with all the bells and whistles that I, I didn't have to sacrifice nothing. I didn't have mm-hmm. to settle for 
anything. I got the price that I wanted, the uh, car payment that I wanted, like all of those things, everything that I wanted in that process, I had gotten for myself. And it was crazy talking about the car payment. I had been telling myself for years that the reason why I would not get a new car was because I didn't know if I could afford the car payment or, oh, um, I, I don't want a car payment. I don't want a car payment. I'm not going to buy a car until I can buy it in cash. And really what the issue was, was that I was afraid of having a car payment and not being able to pay it. It wasn't about buying the car in cash. I just was scared. I wasn't going to be able to pay my car payment. So me purchasing that car, me living in the type of place that I live in now, like, you know, you see that meme um, where people say like, you know, you're living in an answered prayer. Mm -hmm. Like my entire life, isn't it's answered prayers like that were prayed for many 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 years so how dare I like you said with the bag like we going back and forth like this is small potatoes to my God this is mm -hmm. light work for him you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. keeping the lights on and like ask him for something that seems impossible to you. Mm -hmm. I mean, to be completely honest, I can go get a job to pay for this lifestyle. That ain't impossible to God. If I if I can come up with a solution, it's not that's small potatoes to God, right? Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, and again, I love that we're using material things as well, like a Chanel bag or a brand new car. And I got the car that I wanted. My um pastor, my new pastor actually just asked me yesterday, uh, because he saw my car for the first time. He was like, What made you get that car? And I was like, I sacrificed for it. And I wanted to get what I wanted. That, that's the reason why. I talked to my God. He said that I can have it. So I went and bought it. Um, so, and the, the crazy part is it ain't even the most expensive of the cards that I want in the future. So we're going to see what the Lord does. Um, but in any of it, yeah. It's just, you, you got to get out of that poverty mindset. Because the thing is, is that you'll get to six figures. You don't get to your next six figures without investing. So yeah. if you are, whether it is, again, and we're talking about material things, and I love that we are, but let's also talk about the business things. I didn't yeah. stop investing in my business to purchase my car or anything else that I have, you know, mm -hmm. for that matter. For mm -hmm. you, it was a Chanel bag. For me, it was a Louis bag, right? The the going back and forth about it, right? Mm -hmm. I remember um, hitting up uh, Tatum, not Tatum, uh, Kristen and Ray um, one day and telling them, this was back around Christmas, that I felt like I had too much new stuff. Like I didn't want to be seen. And literally, I remember texting this. I was afraid to be seen getting out of my new car with my new Louis bag, with my Apple Watch and my AirPods at the same time. I felt like it was too much, right? Wow. And not because it was too much, but I just felt like that that's too big, that you you, can, you can't do, that's too much new stuff at the same time. Mm -hmm. When in actuality, I sacrificed for years with a bunch of old stuff. Like I've really, really sacrificed that for years. So mm -hmm. I'll stop there because I can keep going about this part of the story. And like I said, it makes me emotional. So I'm gonna stop. Yeah, that's good though. It's, it's, I love that we're talking about this because I, I, because of social media and things like that, we see everybody acting like life is easy. You know, even people who are doing well and successful, you know, life is easy. You know, I got this, I got that. I'm able to do this. I'm able to do that. Everybody is a guru. Everybody is transparent. And for those who listen to the show, I'm using air quotes. Everybody who is <laughs> transparent, but they're not really transparent. It's just yeah. you showing me your breakfast is not being transparent. Us Amen. sitting here 
and talking about the internal battle of just buying something for ourselves. That's real. Like that's where I had a whole breakdown around Mm. even hiring our nanny. And Mm. and everybody was like, oh, you, I had all these kids and I could have did this. And I was like, but this makes the most sense for my family. My child can be home. I don't got to worry about him getting sick at a daycare. I can work from home and still be around you know, on my yeah. computer or playing with them. And, you know, but it fit for what we have to do. And it it allows me to still yeah. be present, even if I have to step away to take a call or do a meeting or whatever. Like it made sense for our family. But I felt so terrible about it because of the world standards where everybody's um, standard is, oh, when you have a nanny, they're raising your kid. And that's not, and I'm like, well, she don't take them nowhere. She literally is just a long-term, uh, full-time babysitter. Right. I was just about to say, people get babysitters. And it's, I mean, you can say the same they, thing about like daycare. Like if your kid is at daycare yeah. from the time they open to the time they close, is daycare raising your kid? Right. And so for me, it was just like, it was such a thing to just invest even on the family side and what we needed to make our family system work and just feeling bad about it. And I'm at the place now and when I start to feel bad about things that are good for me, I have to take a step back to figure out what's going on. Like, and again, like I said earlier, thinking about what I'm thinking about so that I can Mm -hmm. get rid of those thoughts and win the battlefield of my mind. Cause my, like our minds are so powerful. And if we don't keep our thoughts under control, if we don't keep our emotions under control, and if we don't keep the fact that God is God and he's going to take care of us at the top the forefront of our head, we can get caught up in all of these other things that's going on. So practically for anybody who's watching or listening, if you're dealing with these mindset shifts, what I would say to do is to keep God's blessings at the forefront of your mind. What he's done for you, what the word says he's done for others, whatever uh, testimonies or people that you know that um, whose stories inspire you, like keep those things at the forefront of your head. Like, we just moved recently just on Friday. And so um, I remember like I wanted a bigger space. So when we bought our house, it was mm-hmm. like, okay, we don't want to move into another apartment. We want something we could own. It's going to be temporary. And so our goal at that time was, you know, let's buy something that we live in temporarily and then we'll rent it out. And um, it'll be our first investment property because we, me and BJ both like real estate. And so um, we kind of didn't give up on a dream, but I had the baby, it was COVID. Like we weren't really thinking about it. Right, right. So then, the place got real small, real fast when the baby came. <laughs> oh boy. And being at home over. during COVID, yeah. Exactly, it took over. So then I was like, man, I want a bigger space. And then I'm like, okay, I don't want to buy a house right now. That's not happening. You got to sell your soul at this point to buy one with COVID. That ain't going to happen. So then- I was like, oh, maybe we can rent a place. And I'm looking, I'm like, oh, we're going to have to pay like first, last, moving, all of that. So that's going to be a bag that's going to have to be dropped. And I'm like, that doesn't even make sense right now. So I was like, you know what, whatever. We'll just deal with what we have and be happy we got a roof over our head. And really just left it alone. I wasn't tripping. Maybe like a month later, um, and it was due to an unfortunate situation, but BJ's cousin inherited a property. And he was going to rent it out. And he was like, mm. well, did y'all say I was looking for, like, I wanted a bigger place? And we were like, yeah. He was like, well, y'all can rent out this place and, you know, I'll give it to you for way cheaper than 
what it will yes. go for on the market. Do, I mean, yeah. y'all want it is yours. I was like, what you mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what you mean? say less. <laughs> and so we ended up, um, and so we were trying to decide if we did want to rent our house or sell it. So it made more sense to rent it within like Tiffany, literally like a couple days we had a tenant and okay. she pays more than what we were about to list it for rent. Wow. We were able to move into, you know, um, the places cousin inherited pay mm -hmm. cheaper rent because yeah. it's COVID. We were able to even like refinance the house for a cheaper interest rate and save money what? over time and make more money from the rental property. But we didn't have yeah. to do anything. It was just like made our request known to God and kept it moving. And so what? stuff like that is what I remind myself of whenever yeah. the, that, that the poverty mindset or whatever mindset shift that I may be dealing with when it comes up, it's like, yeah. God has not failed me yet. No. God told me to move on Anchor Media in 2019 in like April. By December, mm -hmm. we had already made over $100,000. So, and we've just continued to add hundred thousands year after year. After <laughs> just keep adding hundreds of thousands. <laughs> but for a company to be two years old, where we're where we are, we're getting ready to hire our first full time employee. Like that is wild. <laughs> Within like two years, this company is fresh. You know, yeah. what I'm so it's like. I'm, I, I can't unsee what God has done for me. I can't unsee what he's done for people that I know. And I can't unread what I've read in the Bible and the miracles that he's performed. And so I know just whatever my goals are, it's just a matter of time and it's not impossible for God to do. And I think that's a, yeah. you know, we talk about faith in business all the time, but even talking about six figures, don't make it an idol. Yeah. Because yeah. God can do it. He doesn't need time to do it. If he's taking time, it's for a reason. And we have oh, to help trust. Us, help us. Help us. The reason is. <laughs> you go help us. Yeah, because I know my reasons. I mean, again, we can, <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation. I know my reasons. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I do want to go back to business for a second because you said okay. something. And I wrote it down. You talked about um, we were, you know, talking about being the the CEOs and getting out of that founder mindset. You talked about making your business decisions off of data. Yeah, and this is something I definitely want people to. That's why I want to go back to it to take into account when you are building your business. You have to make data based decisions. When I sit down with BJ, who's our CFO, at the end of the year to go over like all of our finances. We pulled together all of the numbers, where the money came from, how much we've spent, when we spend it, we create a budget every year. So we're comparing it to the budget that we set last year. Where are we on track to end the year the way that we said we would? These are the things we said we were going to release. Were they profitable? Were they not? These are extra things that I might've came up with that we did. Was it worth it? <laughs> and so um, in, in that, we even have like little charts and so based off of like the data, we're able to make a strategic decision. So one of the things that came up was, um, of course, for Anchor Media, the entryway to working with us is Find Your Voice Academy. So that's like our, that pathway is our money maker. And yep. so with that though, I was like, okay, there's ways to multiply this even more. 
And mm. I noticed like with the journals, uh, not the journals, but the planners and stuff, I'm sending this stuff out to like other countries. And I was like, mm. we need to do a um, international retreat. And let's Come not, on. Let's not even go. You know what I'm saying? We, we can, but like, let's keep overhead low and test it out first and not even go. And let's mm-hmm. do a retreat that's specifically for international podcasters. And so that's one of the things that um, we'll do next year. And I could easily say it because nobody yeah. else can do things the way that that we do. And yes. so um, that, that was a data decision. I didn't think about that. But you got to look at like where the numbers are and how you can use that data to make decisions, even with marketing, looking at the data. And I've talked about that even with podcasts and the importance of using your email marketing software to segment your list. So I talk about faith and business. I may talk about life things under my own brand. I may talk about podcasting, but I need to make sure I'm not talking about podcasting to the person who ain't starting a podcast because that's okay. not mm-hmm. making sense. And that's going to leave a bad taste in their mouth. I need to yeah. stick with what the, the conversation needs to be with them. Um, but those data decisions are products of good software. And so I say all that to say, starting out, a lot of times people make decisions on what's the cheapest, what they're not going to be able to uh, pay for. But can you talk a little bit about investing in the right resources and tools yeah. that are going to give you the data to make decisions from? This episode is brought to you by NetSuite. Now listen, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. It's not just about the gross, but it's about what we net, what we take home. And NetSuite gives you the perfect opportunity to net more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing in accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. With the way that the economy is looking right now, everything costs so much. So when it comes to these businesses, we have to make sure that we are cutting costs and finding ways to save money and boost performance at the same time. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash blessed. netsuite.com slash blessed. netsuite.com slash blessed. Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. It's that season, y'all. And by season, I mean allergy season. I'm someone who has seasonal allergies and it's the worst. My nose gets stuffy. My throat gets scratchy. Sometimes I'll come on and want to record my podcast and sound like a grown man. But Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. 
I have been using Claritin D for many years. One of the biggest struggles that I have with my allergies is that they usually cause sinus problems as well. So Claritin D has been such a relief for me because it addresses not just the allergies, but the sinus issues that happen as a result of the allergies. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Yep, I'm literally pulling up my budget right now because I'm going to go through this <laughs> whole list right with y'all, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know... <laughs> You get you get you get a, a return at the level of your investment, right? Mm-hmm. So I remember when I first started my business and a lot of the decisions, like you said, were made based on what I could afford, but I never felt any kind of way about that. And again, this is the this is type of stuff that like makes me emotional and, and from a grateful place because mm-hmm. I prayed for like you know, God, I want to be able to get the version of, you know, StreamYard that don't have all the StreamYard's branding <laughs> on it. And I want to be able to, you know, get this version of this. Like, for example, we just um set up a separate website for the Six Figure Society. And um, I paid, like, and this is something so small, but it's so big, though. I brought all, like pretty much all of the similar domains. This is the first time I've ever done that. The reason why, one, again, it was a data-driven decision because I have seen how this thing can go left when mm-hmm. somebody comes along and tries to set up the sixfiguresociety.net or something like that. Let me go ahead and get that up off your hands. I'm, I'm going to take that with me, too. Um, so I purchased as many domains as what made sense. Again, not just spending yeah. money just to spend it, but just getting, you know, like the most popular ones and all of those things. Um, and I just pay for it for the year. Like, bam, there you go. So that I'm not spending more money because the data that I'm looking at when I'm making a decision like that, that if I can save. Uh, so, for example, let's say that it costs and I'm just using a random number, let's say for all of those domains that it costs me $150 to pay for it in full, but it costs me $225 to pay for it monthly over the course of a year. That $75 savings, I can actually reinvest into another platform and probably pay for it for the entire year. So let's just Mm -hmm. talk about like, Squarespace and Canva, for example, right? Canva's membership, um, I think like their premium is like really inexpensive. It's maybe you know, like $12 a month, 12 times 12 is 144. So if I can take that 75 that I saved by paying for Squarespace in full, I can now then invest that. And now I only have to come up with a little bit more to just pay for like the Canva in full. And again, I'm just giving these numbers off the top of my head, but that, that data is revenue driven because I need more money to invest in the other platforms and things that I need. So uh, just going back, like if you're kind of like cash strapped and you're like, okay, what, you know, resources do I need? What do I not need? Um, I would say the basics that 
I had, um, and again, you know, I was, you know, sis month to month because there was a point I was living paycheck to paycheck, even as an entrepreneur. Um, but having things like Buffer, Buffer has been one of my favorite social media management platforms to use. And I love Buffer. I have such a sweet spot for Buffer because I've grown with them. So mm -hmm. being able to see their growth as well in terms of features, um, analytics that they evaluate and all of those things, like being able to go in and again, having these charts and graphs. And I appreciate, you know, what Instagram, what their dashboard does and the analytics that they show, but Buffer gives me more. So it's worth investing in for my social media management um, because I can see again, more analytics say, and with Buffer. So here's the other piece, right? Instagram only covers Instagram and Facebook buffer. I can get my metrics on all of my platforms at the same mm -hmm. time, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Um, uh, I think they posted like Pinterest and some other ones as well. So that's one um, that I will recommend investing in or a similar platform. People use Planoly, Hootsuite, all that type of stuff. Um, one day, these brands that we are talking about right now will be sponsoring our podcast. Amen. Um, but yeah, so using um, for, again, if you're like cash strap using Canva was another one that was really good for me. Um, Canva doesn't have like data and analytics, but it was a, a platform that I could use like in conjunction with my social media management. Um, some of the other platforms that I'm using uh, that give me data and analytics. And I'm trying to look through my budget because that'll tell me. Um, even if you're investing in like Facebook advertising, doing it the right way, not just boosting a post, but like actually doing it the right way um, so that you can get those metrics, that data back. Um, oh, another platform that gives data uh, that I use is MailChimp. Um, so they give data, but any of the email marketing platforms should be giving you data. It's just a matter of which mm -hmm. ones, you know, are the best. Um, and then the last one that I'll talk about is QuickBooks. Um, yeah. So, you know, we'll see what happens with QuickBooks because they price. Once you start having a team, you know, as long as you're solo, you're good. But as soon as you start making a little bit of money, you can hire a couple people. They like limit. Give me all your coins. But um, yeah, they're a really good platform. And again, it's where I started. I just upgraded my QuickBooks like six months ago or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so those are some of the platforms that I use and like the type of data that they're giving, but pretty much any platform that you are investing in should be giving you some sort of data on the thing that it says that it can do for your business. And then mm -hmm. you can make a decision. I also have about three or four things um, on here that are on hold because the data told me that I wasn't really using them enough to keep spending money on them. Yeah. Yep. Does MailChimp um, allow you to sell products right through the email through them and not like an external integration? Yes, they do. So again, okay. MailChimp is one of those platforms though, that has um, upgraded right? So mm -hmm. they have evolved throughout the years. MailChimp is one of those platforms I've definitely grown with as well. People, you know, MailChimp, I do think though, is a very, um, I think it's a really good platform for startups and new businesses. Mm -hmm. um, for those who, 
and how, you know, dare I say this, not use email marketing maybe a lot to reach their audience. I'm not sure why you wouldn't, but like that could be a thing. Um, if you have a smaller audience, MailChimp is a really good platform as well. Um, but again, once you grow, you may have to, you got to start comparing mm -hmm. those costs to see, you know, mm -hmm. what makes the most sense. So, yeah, I'm a convert kit girl. When I saw that they added yeah. in, they have something for podcasts now too, where you could integrate your RSS feed into your emails. So nice. whenever a show goes out or even a blog, because the RSS feed isn't just for podcasts. So whenever a new piece of content goes out on your feed, instead of you having to basically craft an email, it automatically emails your audience. Um, mm. have your RSS feed. So when they added that and the um, product, so if I create like an automation, I'm able to see the full life cycle in one platform as opposed to it connecting mm. to like my website or something else to where a bit of data is lost because now it's being taken to a different platform. They added them two things. I'm like, these, these companies, and you really have to like continue to go back and check their new features to make yes. sure you're using them right. Because some things I realized, oh, like for example, Mighty Networks, we're moving um, the society over to Mighty Networks because I'm using it for something else. But now it has all of the features that Simplero mm. did. So mm. I'm able to give my audience or give our members more and save money on my end. So let's get rid of them. Yep. Collect my money back that I'm spending on that and yep. be better by just doing multiple things in one place. And so just even mm. keeping up with the features and because of COVID and every so many more people taking their businesses online, these companies are popping out features left and right. And it's really beneficial for us as entrepreneurs who operate in the online space. And so making data decisions too, is being on top of like the new features and things you can be yes. using. You may not need three things anymore. You may be able yep. to do everything within that one platform. Yep, absolutely. I definitely agree with that. So, and again, I think that's even, I love what you were saying about you and BJ reviewing the budget. So I review, and I'm sure y'all do as well, because BJ is a financial guy. So I review my budget um, in detail. Honestly, I look at my budget every week. Um, mm -hmm. And then I review um, quarterly to see like, are we on track, you know, to reach mm -hmm. the financial goals that we have? Did I like spend too much somewhere and didn't realize it? And mm -hmm. again, those weekly like quick check-ins help to monitor that sort of thing mm -hmm. um, or at least bi-weekly. So whatever, like um, if your clients are like on a pay cycle, if you know that all your money comes in on the 15th and the 30th, you should be checking your budget around the 15th and the 30th. Um, mm -hmm. But doing it on a monthly basis is definitely a norm. But that quarterly piece, I actually just started that maybe within the past year, um, where at the end mm -hmm. of every quarter and I update the budget for the next quarter to say, you know what, we need to pull back on something or, hey, we can actually add a little bit more here. But that budget informs where we are spending our money and what we're spending it on in the revenue. Yeah, that's good. It's something we're going to start doing next year is having marketing and finance meet together. The money, I call it the money meeting. The money yes, come on, money. Because if marketing is supposed to drive sales. So we need to make yeah. sure that that's what it's doing. Like, especially for me, because I'm like, look, if y'all want me showing up all the time and doing these videos and carrying this camera and all that, show me where all of that is being impacted into the bottom line. Otherwise, yep. we need to figure it out. Because if I could yep. take 
some more money and throw it on an ad and I don't have to personally get on here or whatever. Like I'm going to do that. So show me how long-term this is really benefiting the bottom line. And so these two departments need to come together to make sure that everybody's time is being used to the best of its um, abilities and everybody is, is truly being maximized and we're not just out here doing stuff. Like we passed that. We're not about to be out here just doing stuff. We out here building a company and we need to make, make sure this company is making money and it's growing. Absolutely. Yeah. I just told my digital marketing team, I want to say last week, uh, team, if it doesn't make money, then it doesn't make sense for the digital marketing team. So if the digital marketing ain't making money, I'm gonna let y'all fill in the rest of that. And they were just looking at me and I, I, my team probably thinks I'm crazy, but, um, they were just like, okay, we understand you. We get you. Yeah. Like this is y'all's job and you, it's your job to know what makes money in this space, right? Like what is actually going to produce revenue, which means that you're drawing it. Social media is a driver. It's Mm -hmm. driving people to spend money with our company. And if that's not happening, we have to evaluate why. Yeah. And if you can't come to me and tell me why, um, and give me a solution, then, you know, because yeah. again, we ain't wasting no money around here. So we talked about that too. And something we implemented, we did this when we first started building a digital marketing team was we added commission to the compensation model. So like make a sale, you get a commission. So it's an incentive for you, you to make the whole thing get down to the bottom line. And even yeah. in the future, we were talking about that because uh, we like to utilize interns and stuff. So we were saying for um, next year is to have something in a budget to where um, when certain marketing goals are met, a commission goes to the team and it can be utilized in any type of way. Like, I don't know, we take everybody out to dinner or give everybody checks yeah. or like yeah. some type of incentive to where people are able to, uh, especially marketing because it, it is the vehicle that drives sales. And if salespeople are get, get commission, do why, why doesn't mark, why don't marketers get commission? So yeah, that, we can talk about that all day, but Thanks. the last thing I wanted to ask, and we talked about this when we were talking about your podcast, and we're going to definitely talk about that in a second, but talk about, and I love how you broke this down when we were talking about your show. Talk okay. about the levels to six figures. Yeah, I love talking about this because, um, <laughs> yeah, there's different levels to six figures, and I'll just get straight to it. So it's important to know the ball that there is six figure revenue, six figure profit and six figure salary. And I listed it in that order for a reason. Mm -hmm. If your company is not profiting six figures, I am of the belief that you should not have a six figure salary because your company can't afford it. If there's not room in in the budget essentially for that. Right. Um, and, And if you like, let's say for example, that your company is making, uh, $200,000 in annual revenue and your salary is $100,000, you are eating half of your money with just your salary alone. So then once you start adding team members and all of those other things on, do you even have a profitable business anymore? Right? Because I know how much my team costs in annual revenue. And if I were to do a model like that, if I was only making $200,000 a year and had a six-figure salary with the current team that I had, there wouldn't be very much left. Like, because that payroll, you know, is expensive 
expensive investment is what I like to say. So all of that to say that there are levels to six figures. Um, so just because somebody is saying that they made six figures does not mean that they made a six figure profit or that mm -hmm. they have a six figure salary. Many of the people that I know personally who have six-figure revenue businesses do not have a six-figure salary. Some people choose mm -hmm. to continue to sacrifice that for a period. And then sometimes mm -hmm. your company just can't sustain it. And that's okay. Like, it, it's, it's also okay that your company is not yet at the place where it can sustain your six-figure salary plus the salary mm -hmm. of your team. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's important to understand that, one, for perception, um, but also, two, for information and knowledge. Yeah, I love that. And also for goal setting, deciding yes. what six figure means. And so for me, initially yes. it was, I want to make six figures. Now I want to profit six figures. I'm good on the salary for a while because yeah. my goal is so big. I'm going to have to keep yeah. putting a lot of money back into the business. So Same. I'm cool with that. But the, when I start, when I see them six figures under that profit, <laughs> I'm throwing a party. I'm going to have to know how to act. I'm a fallout <laughs> for real. Um, but I definitely don't want to keep you too long. And I'm going to put a pin in it there because this is a lot of what you're going to cover on your podcast. So before you go, tell us about your podcast, The Six Figure Setup, when it's coming out, all of the things. Absolutely. So first, I do have to give a very shameless plug um, to <laughs> Anchored Media. I have no problem plugging um, to Anchored Media and the podcast planner. I literally have it right here in front of me. Um, so what I'm getting ready to tell you all, and you have to purchase the planner to know what's inside of it. But one of the pages actually talks like about your podcast. So, you know, when Tatum was like, oh, we're going to talk about the podcast. I'm like, cool, let me grab my planner because everything that I need to say is there. <coughs> Excuse me one second, because I can't be choking once I start talking about it. <laughs> All right. Who y'all got it together. So in any event, shameless plug, shout out to Anchor Media and the podcast planner. So the Six Figure Setup podcast is really helping minority women to make their first six figures or their next with integrity. So this, the six figure society focuses on uh, minority women owned businesses who are grossing under a million dollars in revenue. I wanted to create a podcast as a resource and as a supplement to that community. So again, we'll be talking about six figure success with integrity. This show, and one of the things that really sets it apart from other podcasts that are similar, is that we are really going to be information forward and resource heavy. So you will hear the inspiration. You will, you know, get the stories. There's going to be interviews, but we're also going to be talking about the resources, the very tangible resources that I used and that the people in my network used in order to attain six-figure salary, revenue, profit, all of those things. Um, how they sustained it and how they actually applied the tools and resources uh, that we're going to be bringing. So again, we want to, you know, interview entities like the SBA, the SBDC, the women's business centers, all of those types of things. So it's really going to be information forward, resource heavy, bringing you business news um, and, you know, discussing how it actually applies to you so that the entire world doesn't start freaking out when a presidential administration says that they're going to start taxing uh, cash app transactions and 
it don't even apply to everybody, but I'm going to leave that alone. Um, <laughs> oh, that when uh, you hear people talking about taxes going up, but you don't realize that they're talking about a certain tax bracket that you might not yet be in, that you don't freak out, right? We want to tell you how this information applies to you so that you can grow your business sustainably. So that's really all it's about is growing and sustaining the different six figure levels um, and just having freedom in, in the process. So I'm really excited about it. I'm excited too. And then once it's out, send me the intro episode, the trailer so that we can drop it here as well. Tip, thank you for being on the show. It's always Absolutely. a pleasure. I love talking thank to you, you about business. I do too. We could be on here and Tatum will be interviewed on the six figure setup. Okay. Yes. Um, we're bringing on real six figure success stories as well. And our, our uh, speakers are people that are being interviewed. Um, they'll be vetted because uh, we want to maintain the integrity of the platform and, you know, be clear, you know, and have people, you know, share comfortably uh, where they are and where they're growing to next. So Tatum's going to be one of our guests. <laughs> Yes. Well, thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. If you want to see the video version, full version, because it will probably be two parts on the podcast. But if you want to see the full version, go to my YouTube channel at Tatum Tamia, and I'll put all the tips and information in the show notes so that you guys can follow her and stay in touch with everything she has going on, too. Oh, we have a YouTube comment that says, thank you. Thanks, Shadella, for tuning in with us live. <laughs> All right, Tiff, I know you got to go. Thank you. All right, thank you. Bye. Bye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.